Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing some of the weekend action at Kelso, Newbury and Doncaster. Also as well, we will be revealing our lucky 15s ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. Just under two weeks to go now. Lots of previews going on, uh, lots of uh, different podcasts and we'll we'll be giving you our thoughts on, uh, like I say, some of our main fancies for the Cheltenham Festival. But before we get into the tipping, Katie, how are things with you? Um, We had a good week um, last weekend. We've been on a little bit of a roll, it seems, over the last few weeks uh, here on the podcast, having uh, plenty of winners. Uh, did you have a good weekend last week? It was a good team effort last week, wasn't it? We all contributed a couple, but you definitely had a good Saturday. You went through the card at Campton, didn't you? I nearly did until I think I put up Cave Legends uh, in the in the dovecote. The less said about that, the better. But yeah, it wasn't a bad day myself, but I, just, I don't like to talk about it, you know, so... Well. Yeah, very, very humble, you see. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we don't, don't don't like to talk about it. But, yeah, hopefully uh, we can have some more success on the podcast this week. And we've got a decent-looking card in store at uh, Kelso. I always like this um, meeting. We set, tend to see maybe some last-minute Cheltenham clues. We've seen the likes of um, the Shanta win at this meeting in the past. We've had some Grand National clues uh, over the years as well at this meeting, and also as well at the Doncaster meeting, which we'll be talking about with the Grimthorpe. But the first race we're going to look at then on Saturday is the 115 at Kelso. It's the Bet365 Cyril Alexander Memorial Novices Limited Handicap Chase. And Sholoka Jack is your favourite at 7-4 to four for the Skeletons. Bill Baxter is next in at 4-1. to one. Castle Russian at 5s. Gillaham Mastar 7-1. to one. Mia Grace 11s. Halfshot 16s. And High Moon is the outsider at 18-1. to one. Uh, Katie, uh, Shola Jack um, was very impressive last time out. And probably does have, you have to say, has the scope to be maybe better than the majority of these. But the yard haven't been in good form of late. And I just think carrying a big weight, he could be worth taking on. What did you think? Yeah, those were exactly my thoughts. He is a progressive horse, has been in good form, but with that weight to carry uh, and the yard struggling for form, I think he's best watched. And there were a couple in here that I could make a case for. I was between Castle Russian and Bill Baxter. Castle Russian, he showed a lot of promise as a novice, but he was then absent for a year and a half before he made his return in December. And he's unseated twice in three runs since he has been back in action. So I have my doubts about him. I think if he jumps fluently, he definitely has a chance of a mark of 130. But he's maybe just a little bit unreliable at the moment. And that's why I decided to take a chance on another progressive horse in Bill Baxter. He was bidding for a three-timer last time, eight pounds up. Uh, running off a career high mark of 128, but he took a really nasty fall. He was travelling strongly at the time, so who knows how he would have fared. But I do think he's worth giving another chance to, given that he's fully recovered from that fall. He is a lovely-looking grey, and the yard have been in decent form too, so I'm expecting him to be competitive. I think he's around 4-1, to one, so I'm going for Bill Baxter. Yeah, Bill Baxter, like you say, he's got that course and distance success to his name. 
And one on Grerich. He's been maybe having a little bit of a better time this season. He's maybe not had the calibre of horse he did uh, a few years ago. But Bill Baxter's been an interesting horse for connections this season. And I can definitely see the case for him there. The one I like is Gallimer Star for uh, Nick Alexander and, and Danny McMenamin. The yard are going not too badly at the moment, operating at 24% strike rate. This horse has actually only had two goes over fences. And he was last seen running um, at air behind uh, Thomas Darby over three miles. I think he probably just didn't stay on that occasion and dropping back to this trip well suit. I think uh, the, the, the uh, good for soft ground as well will probably be more up his street. I just think he'll prefer those these kind of conditions. And yeah, I just think off a mark of one two two, I didn't think that was a bad one for him. And I think if he can bounce back, I think he's a lively player here at 7-1 and he's getting nearly a stone in weight from the favourite. So yeah, I, I'm quite keen to take this favourite on. So I'm going for Gillam Star and Katie is going for Bill Baxter. We then move on to the feature race at Kelso. It's the 150, it's the Bet365, more battle hurdle, and Matigue is your favourite for Emmett Mullins. We see it, saw him uh, win this race uh, a couple of years ago with Deshanta, who then went on to follow up at the festival. Matigue is 9-2. to two. We then got Leu Le de Sud at 11-2. Colonel Mustard at 6 is uh, Gary Moore having a runner, runner at Kelso. Teddy Blue is also 6-1. to one. Dear Mark at 8. Collingham at 14. Cormier is also 14. Benson 16-1. Nayati 16-1. And Bigger are the rest. I thought this was quite a, a wide open handicap on paper to start with, Katie, but uh, were you able to narrow this down? I think it's between Colonel Mustard and McTeague for the win. Uh, on form, Colonel Mustard is the one to beat, but McTeague it does look like a big danger, especially for those connections, wearing those colours. He also gets a £10 weight for age allowance as he's only a four-year-old and he would become the first four-year-old to win the more battle. So it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, if I'm going solely on form and on current ability, then I'd be firmly uh, in Colonel Mustard's camp. Um, he has a £3 claim on board too, which does ease his weight slightly and means he doesn't have to carry 12 stone, which would make it really tough. McTeague, I just wonder, is he too young to win this? Uh, he is against horses with more experience and ones that are probably a bit tough at this stage in their career, you could say. And I struggle to split them um, as the market is clearly in, in favour of McTeague. Uh, but I will be looking more at the each way market here. And a horse that I really like is Nayati. And he's quite a big price, isn't he? 16 to 1, you said. I think he was a little bit bigger earlier in the day, around 20, 25 to 1. He would prefer it softer, but he has got form on better ground and he has a £5 claim on board. Um, so he's ultimately running off 130 here. And I think he could be dangerous off that mark. Uh, and he's being really overlooked in the market. Donald McCain has done wonders to get him back as fit as he is following such a lengthy layoff. I was at Bangor on D in November when he won. Uh, and I've been a big fan of him since. And he was a 22 to 1 winner for me on New Year's Day at Musselburgh. I mean, he was sent off at 11 to 1. Um, so I'll be sticking with him here from an each way perspective. I think he can outrun his odds. Okay, so Katie is going to go for Naiti. I agree with you, Colonel Mustard. I think he's 
clearly the best horse in the race. That form in the county hurdle behind State Man and First Street looks pretty good. Been a little bit unlucky not to take a decent pot as of yet, but I think he's got a really good chance here. Um, the other horse as well I'll give a positive mention to is uh, Benson. Benson was a horse that um, I quite liked. Um, when he was previously trained by Dr. Richard Newland, he did pretty well in some decent handicaps down in the south. He won at um, Sandown. He ran some good races of the likes of uh, Ascot. Kind, of, But then kind of lost his way. Since joining uh, Sandy Thompson, he definitely has been rejuvenated. He was a big winner um, on New Year's Day at uh, Musselburgh, over two and a half miles. This is back down in trip, but I think he's uh, got a good chance here off uh, a mark of one, three, four. I wouldn't be putting you off if you fancied him each way, but for me, I think Colonel Mustard would be my main selection in the race, but another rule mention uh, for um, for Benton as well. So just rounding off our selections, I'm going to be uh, going with Colonel Mustard as my main selection. Katie also likes Colonel Mustard, but she'll give a positive as well. She quite fancies the chances of Nayati each way to uh, outrun his odds. So we move on to the 225 at Kelso. For the Bet365 Premier Novices Hurdle, a Grade 2 contest, and Feroni is your favourite uh, for Emmett Mullins at 4 to 1. We've then got Nemean Lion at 9 to 2, Colonel Harry at 6 to 1, Ho Holy Joe Smoke at 8, Accidental Rebel at 9s, Snake Roll at 10s, and Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Feroni, a horse that um, you have to respect with these connections, but. I thought some of the others in here were maybe more appealing at the prices. What did you think? Yeah, I think with Ferronelli, similar to the race before, you've got to be weary of a horse for those connections. For me, his form doesn't warrant favouritism. Um, and whilst you know he could be electric at home, he could be well in here, I couldn't back him on what he's shown on track so far. Um, so a two I like in here. We were speaking about uh, Colonel Harry earlier on off air um, for Jamie Snowden. He has been backed already. He was 10 to 1, I think, earlier on, and he's now around sixes. Um, the yard are performing at a 38% strike rate. Um, so, yeah, clearly a yard to follow and to keep on side. I remember backing Colonel Harry when he finished fourth in the Tolworth. It's a big price that day. I think it was around 28 to 1. Uh, he will need to reverse form with the and Lion, but I think he could do that. He's an each race out, uh, may possibly want it softer, but I'd still be keen to to stick with him and keep the faith. And I'll also give a positive mention to one of the outsiders of the field, the Wounded Knee. Now, he wasn't great on debut for Patrick Neville when he was tailed off in, in the River Don that was run by Maximilian. Um, but he had shown promise for his previous trainer and Duffield. And I just think he has potential. So he could outrun his odds of 20 to 1. Yeah, I like Colonel Harry here as well. Um, I think he's got a really good chance in this race. Um, he's been quite well supported. He's bigger as 10 to 1 earlier today. Won at Newcastle last time out. I think he's going in the right direction. And um, yeah, I think if the ground does dry out, I think that's going to suit. Another horse I think is worth a mention is Accidental Rebel for Fergalow Brown. Um, interesting that he's come in here shouldering a penalty. I'm not sure why they would come here unless they fancied him to run a big race. He was last seen winning the Persian War Hurdle. Look, I wouldn't have much confidence to back him um, here. He's a, he's a nine-year-old, but I just thought he's, he was an interesting runner. And why would you run him there if you were conceding a five-pound penalty? Yeah, the ground could be in his favour, 
But you, I, I think like uh, you would go down the handicap or something if you thought you were that well in. Um, I, I'm not sure why you're in here. So yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go with Colonel Harry in the Premier Novices hurdle. We then move on to the three o'clock at Kelso for the Bet Three Six Five handicap hurdle. Santos Blue is your favourite for Dan Skelton at four to one. We've then got Dance with the Wind who's seeking the hat trick at five. Nelson um, at uh, six to one. Mahon's Glory at sevens. Uh, well educated is also sevens. Clay Rogers at eights, along with Rafferty's return and bigger are the rest. Katie, I thought this was. A little bit of a tricky race. A few horses in here that uh, are coming off the back of recent successes. But uh, who are you going to give the nod to? I'd be inclined to go with Nelson here. Uh, first run after wind surgery. He's a great two winner. And he's run fairly well in a grade one uh, behind the wonderful three-stripe life before. Um, so I'd say he's the classiest in the field. He was around seven to one earlier on. I think he's been nibbled at. Could be a decent each way shout. Um, as you mentioned, like there are plenty in here that are, are coming into the race, um, having been in good form. Dance with the Wind is attempting a hat-trick of wins. He's already received a bit of market support as well, so he could be one to consider. Santos Blue, well-educated. They've both had their fair share of wins recently too and are, are clearly in good form as well. But I'll be um, sticking with Nelson. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. He, he's the class actor of uh, the field. He won on this card last year, and I just wonder if he if he's a horse that uh, really appreciates these uh, better conditions. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad run at Cheltenham last time out. This is slightly an easier test. He keeps the cheap pieces on as well. He's my um, my idea of the winner. I think he's not a bad each way up, uh, proposition there, round about six to one. The other so as well, the the one I would give another chance to or a worthy mention at least, um, is Donny Boy. Um, kind of has, has really gone off the boil ever since uh, he looked a promising uh, novice saddler when he was winning at Newcastle last season. I just think of a mark of 1-2-5 is really interesting, and Lorcan Williams is booked for the ride. You wouldn't see Lorcan ride too many for these connections. I think at 14-1, to one, he is uh, one to maybe just keep an eye on. We then move on to the 335, the last race we're going to look at at Kelso. Only five runners. It's the Bet365 Premier Chase listed contest. And Lamilos is your favourites at 15 to 8. We've then got the Shunter. We spoke about him earlier at 3 to 1. Zanza, probably unlikely to run here. Should be going to Newbury for the Great Wood at uh, 10 to 3. We've then got Empire Steel at 8 along with Wishing and Hoping as the outsiders of the field. Lamilos, Katie, a lot of people... Um, I've been following him this season, wing, wins at Bang on D, uh, then at Newbury, not been seen for a little while. Do we think he's going to continue his rejuvenation with um, Dan Skelton? Well, we mentioned earlier that the Skelton yard has been quiet recently, but I think I'll have to stick with Lamilos here, despite that. He looks a really nice day in type. Um, as you said, Zanza's first preference is Newbury, so he's unlikely to run. And wishing and hoping I will not be back in at six to one when I should have been on him last time out at fifty to one. I, I remember tipping him up when he was due to run at Warwick, but he was declared a non-runner there on account of the soft grounds earlier in the season. So I thought he'd have no chance when he won last time out on soft, but he was brilliant. So 
he has to be respected again. Uh, heart over head. I, I would love to see wishing and hoping uh, make it back-to-back wins. But I, I do think Lemilos will be too strong for the rest of the field here. Okay, Lemilos it is for Katie. I'm going to go for the nine-year-old Empire Steel. Um, a horse that I thought was going to really go places. And he's just never really been able to land a proper decent uh, pot. I just think the key to him could be the the tactical nature of this race and the small field um he gets a few pounds off Lemmy lost uh four pounds in total but i just think returning to kelso is a massive positive for him he won here back in february last season he's put in some other good races at the track in his career he beat ashley protectorat by 41 lengths you might remember if you go back to 2021 He's just a horse that I think Cat Kelso in these small field races, he seems to come come alive. He was sent off 5-1 to one last time out of Sandown, so they clearly were, were expecting a good run that day. And I just think he's worth uh, worth a play here in the field at the prices at 8-1. He was uh, the rank outside of the field at one point earlier today. I think he was about 14-16. So I'm going to go for Empire still, but uh, Katie's going to keep it safe with the favourite with Lemilos. We then move on to uh, Newbury now, where we're going to go to the 140. It's the bet and running on racing at Bet Victor's Veterans Handicap Chase, part of the Veteran Series. Some lovable rogues in this field, it has to be said. Five horses, uh, Mr. Malarkey, Durasha Counter, Cloth Cap at Larry and Cyclop. Who are we going to be siding with here, Katie? Well, I love Cloth Cap. He's one of my favourites, and I've got a lot of favourites, but Lothcap is definitely one of them. Off a mark of 135, surely he can bounce back to some form. I'd love to see him win again. Things just haven't gone to plan since he was favourite for the Grand National in 2021. He did have problems after the race, but I'll be sticking with him every time he runs, and I'm really hoping that, that this will be his day back in the winner's enclosure. Um, at Newbury. Okay, cloth cap it is for Katie. I quite like the chances here of Larry, an old favourite of mine. He's done me a few good turns over the years. I backed him when he won a big race at Ascot a couple of years ago. Backed him at Sandown previously. I think that's where his ultimate target will be. Um, I think at the end of the year in December when we get the Veterans Final, uh, or start next year I should say, when we get the Veterans Final at Sandown, this is the target for him. I think 135 isn't a bad mark. Um, and I just think uh, on some of his more recent efforts, I would give him a squeak here. I'm not sure what price he's going to be. Down price is available at the time recording for this race. But uh, I think he's definitely an interesting contender. But yeah, there are cases to be made, I think, for every runner in the field on uh, their best form. So uh, that's our thoughts then on the Veterans Handicap Chase. We then move on to the 245. It's the Bet Victor Greatwood Gold Cup Handicap Chase, a feature on Newbury's card. And Zanza is a favourite after an impressive win in the Denman Chase last time out. He's 11-4. to four. Paint the Dream, who won this race last year, next in the betting at 3-1. to one. Lord Baddersley at 5s. Jeremonda at 11-2. to two. Sebastopol at 13-2. Espoir de Guy at 14s. And the big bite, the outsider at 20 Katie Zanza, he's got a very good record at um, at Newbury. Uh, was a good winner last time out. Do we think he's going to follow up here? I think Zanza's got a very good chance. He obviously loves it at Newbury, but I'm going to go against him with Paint the Dream. 
that he successfully carried 12 stones to victory in the past over course and distance when he had to give a lot of weight away. So I don't see why he couldn't do it again. He is such a tough, likeable horse. He's really game. Uh, and he ran well for a long way in the Silnaco Conti chase when last seen. Probably not quite up to that level, but he is a grade three winner and very good handicapper. So he's my pick. I'd really like to see him win. Okay, paint the dream it is for Katie. I'm going to go for Sebastopol uh, for Tom, Lacey and Stan Shepard. Caused a little bit of an upset when he um, won at Newbury back in uh, November. Um, I just think here he, he could be a massive danger. I think the key to him is the ground. He beat Stage Star, who he saw Frank the Form at Cheltenham at the trials meeting uh, back in January. He had to give him as well £5 on that occasion, so it was no mean feat. He looked like he was going to win quite a few good races last season, but um, I just think he's still not done with this horse. I think, like I say, the ground's key to him. I think there's going to be a bit of pace on as well, which could definitely suit. I think he's been a little bit underestimated here in the market. Gets a bit of weight as well from uh, the top two in the betting, and for me, I think he's a really lively player in what I think could be a little bit more of an open great width than the betting suggests. So that's our thoughts then on some of the racing at Newbury. We now move on to the feet race at Doncaster. We're going to have a look at there. It's the Virgin Bet Grimthorpe Handicap Chase, the 315 at Donny. This used to be a Grand National trial. I'm not sure if we're going to see the Grand National winner in here, but uh, Cooper's Cross is your favourite, 5-2. to two. Does he know he's next in the betting at 3-1? to one. Castle Robin at 5s. Under Supervision at 6s. Windsor Avenue at 10s. Sporting John 11s. Bigger are the rest. Uh, Katie, I know there's a couple of horses in here that uh, you've got a lot of time for, uh, but uh, who are you going to be siding with in the Grimthorpe? I'm siding with Does He Know. He gets his ideal conditions. He's a strong stayer. And he's definitely the classiest horse in the field. Uh, I think he could have finished second in the grade two Denman chase um, last time when he had he jumped up with a bit more fluency. He was quite untidy at a number of fences. And I think that put him on the back foot. Um, and I was a bit disappointed in that. Although I think he still did well to finish third. Um, he may have been a bit closer to Zanza that day. And I think he would have been ahead of Hitman though had he, had he jumped better. Uh, similar to Paint the Dream at Newbury, he's already carried 12 stone in a handicap this season as well. Um, and I believe he can do it again. He is £5 higher than he was at Cheltenham, but uh, I do think he'll run well. I do like um, Castle Robin as well, but for me here, I'm going to go for Does He Know. Okay, Does He Know, the top weight it is for Katie. The one I like in here is uh, under supervision. Um, Izzy will be cheering this one, um, as I uh, mentioned it on the podcast. He won this race last year under supervision, and I suspect it's probably been his uh, his derby for the season. He's off a mark here of 1-3-2. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad uh, run last time out. He was unseated when he had put up a, a good effort. Um, he is off a good mark now. He's off the same mark. In fact, actually, he won this race last year. I think he'll like the conditions. He's just a real plodder. Uh, a bit of an old boat, you have to probably say about him. But uh, I think with a nice uh, low racing weight on his back, Sam Twiston Davis, very good jockey. I think uh, I think he uh, could definitely put up a good defence uh, in this race. So he is my idea of the winner. So that is the Saturday racing covered. We're now going to move on 
to the Cheltenham Festival. Um, only a couple of weeks left to go now, Katie. Um, and we're going to give a lucky 15 each for the listeners. You can go first. Give us your lucky 15 as it stands for the festival. Well, I'll go for my Tuesday pick first of all. Now, there's a couple that, well, there's a few that I like for Tuesday, but there's a couple that I am going to mention. The first one, probably not going to be the most original choice. Uh, that would be Honeysuckle in the Mare's Hurdle. She's the class of this field. Um, it does look as though it's going to turn out to be a really competitive race, though. Mary's Rock uh, might be going to the Stayers. Should make it slightly easier for Honeysuckle, but she still has to beat some good mares in there. Um, she should be a class above, though. She won this in 2020. two champion her, her hurdles since. It's a shame that we won't get to see her defend her crown there. But I do really want to see her go out on a win. She deserves that after the career she's had. Um, two to one, I think she still represents value. If she wasn't in the race, my bet would have been, it would have been quite speculative on tell me something girl. Um, she's been chasing, but I don't think she's quite cut out to be a chaser. She's a talented hurdler. And if she was to go down this route, I think she'd be more effective. She was 16 to one a while ago thought that was quite a nice each way price for her if she was to line up. She's a bit shorter now, uh, and with Honeysuckle in here, maybe she, she won't be running. Um, but I'll also say, in the Ultraman, and this is going to be my lucky 15 pick, my first, I'm going to stick with the Goffer. He's around 10 to 1. Uh, he was very good at the Dublin Racing Festival. He was given a brilliant ride by Davy Russell there. Uh, he's a nice horse. I think he's tough. He's a strong stayer. So he'd be in with a shout. It does look a really competitive race, um, and I think it will depend on a lot of variables, the ground, who actually runs. I know Inter Overdrive is a horse that we all like on the podcast, um, tipped him up before. He's currently heading the market. Adamantly Chosen is in this, Willie Mullins, but he's got a few entries elsewhere, and he's a bit shorter for the plate, so might go there. Three under through five is a horse I like as well. I think this is his target. Uh, he'd be one that I would would be keeping on side on the day. Um, but for now, at this stage, um, the first pick in my lucky 15 would be the Gotham. Yeah, well, I'm also going to uh, be going in the Ultima for my first leg of the lucky 15 going on the Tuesday here. Uh, if you saw me on Twitter yesterday or you've been following me, over the last couple of months, some of you might know that I've been really keen on the chances of T-Clipper. T-Clipper, I think, is massively overpriced. He's clearly been laid out for the race. Uh, horses that run in this race um, tend to run in it every year. Uh, and normally have quite a good record. Uh, Vintage Clouds is a horse that springs to mind, um, just as an example. But... T-Clipper, um, I say, I think he's been laid out for the race. He's got some really good form. He finished fourth um, at the festival last year in this race. He finished third in the Coral Cup uh, a couple of years ago. So he seems to like it here. He's been kept fresh, which he's got a good record for. He will turn up here. He's off a mark of 147. 
Um, ground shouldn't be a problem. I think he's in with a great chance here. Some of his other form, um, if you go back um, to more recent times, he was finishing um, third behind the likes of R Power, who we saw win uh, a really competitive handicap at Kempton last week. There's lots of nice threads to his form, and I think he's a horse that's going to run his heart out. He might not be good enough to win, but I think you're going to get a really good run for your money, and I, I do think 20 to 1. Uh, in places is a slightly too big a price about him. If I think if I was pricing him up on the day, I'd probably have him more of around about 12, 12 to 1 kind of chance. I think he'll be probably right up there on the day in the bet. And I don't think he'll be favourite, but I think he could definitely be in the first five. But for me, I think T-Clipper's got a real shout in this. And he he is my pick in the Ultima, and he's going to be my first one for the lucky 15. So we're going to give our, our second legs now. Of our lucky 15. We're going to the Wednesday. Um, Katie, who is your pick on Wednesday? Well, I was really keen on Irish Point for the Ballymore. Been talking about him for months. He was 16 to 1. I thought it was a great bet. But it's looking likely that he'll swerve Cheltenham for other spring targets. Um, I think Delta work is a certainty in the cross country on Wednesday. But the one that I'm going to tentatively go for um, is Sir Gerhard. Uh, he's won a point-to-point -point over three miles, beating Manala Drama by 12 lengths. He's yet to run over three miles under rules, but he stayed two mile five at Cheltenham on soft when he won the Ballymore last year. And I really like the look of him there. I think he's a very classy horse. He's had a run out this season. Um, and... Whilst he is inexperienced over fences, um, I'm sure that he'll have had plenty of schooling. And if he can jump well enough, then he's got the engine to put it up to the others. Uh, I think it has been reported that his likeliest target is the Brown Advisory Novices Chase. Uh, so for me, in that one, so Gerhard, round five to one, he'd be my second pick in our lucky 15. Okay, so Katie's gone for Sir Gerhard. Uh, for me, on the Wednesday, I'm going to the Queen Mother Champion Chase. I really think Ed Stegui here is going to put in a massive effort. Um, I was really taken by the way he won the Clarence uh, House Chase. And I think if he can get an easy lead, which he could do, um, he just might be able to dictate this race. I think if it comes to a battle... I just think Edward Stone just doesn't have the guts to go through with it. I think we saw that um, in the Clarence house. I just think he's a horse that's got a very good turn of foot. But um, if there's a horse upside him, I'm just not sure he's 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 the type that likes to throw it all in where we know Edward Geek can. And Ergamine, I couldn't back him after that last run. Um, I just think that uh, there's question marks about that champion chase race last year. It was a little bit of a funny affair. And at the prices, I couldn't really back him. But I think Editor de Geek, this could be a year like when Special Tiara won the race. You know, maybe not, not the sexiest type of horse, but a horse that, that's a good jumper, can get into a good rhythm, can control the pace up front. If it does cut up as well, that's definitely going to help. Editor de Geek's chances. He's a horse that's put in some really good efforts and handicaps. He's taken the leap up to grade to come company in his stride and i think he's a massive price here and if he does get a solo out in front i think uh, we could be seeing a bit of deja vu so for me as the geek is 
for the champion chase we then move on to the thursday katie who's going to be your third uh selection in the lucky 15. my third selection is an old favorite paul cody uh last year's win of the plate to retain his crown he's rated two pounds lower than when he won last year and he's currently best priced at 33 to one he's come in from 40s but he's generally 25 to one I think he's just a really solid each way bet. He loves the trap. He's so brave. He's such a dude. And, you know, he's built up a really big following. He's so such a popular horse. So many fans, they, they love him. We were at Cheltenham for social in November when, remember, he made a bad mistake and Adam Wedge rightly pulled him up. Um, and I remember when he, he was walking, you know, back in, uh, he got such a great reception from the crowd when he passed as the race was still going on behind him and people have just really taken to him. Um, I don't think he's given his true running in, in his last two runs. I think he's a lot better than that. And they've been more prep runs for the plate. I'd imagine um, he is, he's 12 years old now could be vulnerable to younger, improving horses, but he's so experienced and I think he's well handicapped. So he definitely has a chance and he's a great each way price, as I said, uh, in the plate. Okay, cool. Cody uh, is for Katie uh, on Thursday as our third selection. Uh, for me, I'm going to go to the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Lucia can obviously see why she's favourite. She's done nothing wrong. She does look a very classy horse that could go places over the next couple of years. But there's a horse in here that I feel that has been a, a little bit underestimated, and that is You Wear It Well for Jamie Snowden. Um, this horse, You Wear It Well, has just been so impressive this season, and a lot of her form stacks up. She was a good winner last time when she took a grade two at, uh, at Sandown. She was um, very a very good winner that day. But if you go back to some of her earlier form, that second in the shallow really does... Uh, read well taking on the boys there that form has been well franked um we've had the likes of crambo thomas moore um some other horses as well have come out marble sands won the sydney banks plenty of horses have given that ho uh, that race a, a good look and if hermes Allen uh did win the ballymore i think 11 to 1 about you wear it well is a big price i think i saw jamie snowden said they are going to come here now um which is good i think um, she could be a bit like Love NY, you know. I had a lot of good form next to her name, but maybe because she's uh, trained by a less fashionable trainer in Jamie Snowden, you are going to get a big price. And I think on form here, she's definitely gonna. She, I think she's definitely at least the top three um, best novice, uh, best novices that we've seen, um, either side of uh, the IRC this season. And I think she's a massive player here and has really been underestimated in the market. So for me, you wear it well, uh, in the mayor's novices hurdle. We're then going to move on to our final legs, Katie. Um, who did we like on day four of the Cheltenham festival? Well, I'm not sure this horse would be my final leg, but I'm going to give him a really positive mention um, because he's a horse that I've been really keen on for the triumph. And I think he's just a crazy price now um, after just one bad run. And that's Scriptwriter, who is as big as 50 to 1 now for the triumph hurdle. Uh, he wasn't himself last time. He was hampered mid-race. It was a bit of a messy race. 
I just think he's so much better than that. And if he is to line up, then 50 to 1 each way, it's a huge price. Um, you know, really, Mullins, he's got four that are quite um, prominent at the head of the market. Are they all going to run there? They could. Um, they might go elsewhere, but, you know, he, he might run all of those horses. You've lost your mouth, blood, destiny. They're going to be very difficult to beat, but I just think 50 to 1 each way for a grade two winner. Uh, he's only been narrowly beaten by Comfort Zone, who is 10 to 1. Um, and on better ground, he might have beaten him that day. And Milton Harris has been so bullish about him in the past. And every horse can have an off day. So I think he's worth sticking with. Now, this race, it might be too competitive for him. Uh, Cheltenham didn't work out for night salute either last year. But there are big prizes to be won in future for this horse. And he's definitely one that I'll be keeping on side and definitely be having a save on if he does line up. But for my final leg in the Lucky 15, I'm going to go for a horse in the big one, the Gold Cup. I just love Brave Man's game. I think he's a beautiful horse he's an incredible jumper uh, and he's one of the best chasers in the sport at the moment in my eyes um i was really looking forward to seeing him in the paddock ahead of the ballymore last year um but he was he was pulled out on account of the weather and the ground um it was really disappointing and i haven't seen him in the flesh yet so i'm really looking forward to that king george winner this season i just think he's so classy um, we know Paul Nichols has been has thought very highly of this horse for, for the last couple of years, and I, I don't I don't get the narrative that he he's not going to stay up that hill. I think he will, and I think his jumping could make all of the difference. He's so fluent. Um, he's you know you can watch him jump fences all day long. He is just a beautiful jumper. Uh, and I think that he is going to be too classy for the rest of the field here. And he's still a decent price as well. I think he's still around six to one now, um, eight to one maybe. Um, so yeah, it's a good price for him. Yeah, you must. We must be reading off the same hymn sheet, Katie, because Brave Man's Game is also going to be my selection as my last leg in the Lucky Fifteen. I think he's got a really good chance in the Gold Cup. I'm really keen to take on Gallop and Deschamps. I can't understand why he is such a short price. Honestly, like I, I don't think he's beaten a proper good horse yet this season, Galpin de Champ. Yeah, people will say he beat Fakir, but Fakir's just not been the same horse this season. Yes, he won well last time out at, at Leopardstown. He won well enough. But I thought for a long way, I thought he wasn't going to pull, pull away like he did, which, which would suggest to some people, yeah, he's going to get home, but... There's still another two furlongs, and I, I just have my doubts. I just think he has such a high cruising speed that if he was back down over the two and a half miles, and he ran in the Ryanair, for example, I think he would be a, a huge player in that, and we would have a great race between him and Chishkin, but clearly that is not going to happen. He has been campaigned for the Gold Cup, but I have my doubts about him where i think brave man's game i really like the progression from each run this season it was a good effort i thought uh weatherby when he won the charlie hall he then absolutely hosed up at kempton he actually achieved a better rpr than what um 
galloping the Champ has this season. And I just think there's more to come from him. I think last season, I know he fell off a cliff at some of the spring festivals when he was disappointing at Aintree. But he'd been on the go a lot more than he started off his season at Newton Abbott. He'd run at Newbury. He, he, he kind of had been on the go a lot. He ran at Haydock. Um, he, he had a few, few, few hard races, I think, leading up to uh, the, the spring festivals. We didn't obviously see him run, as you mentioned, Katie, at Chelsea on account of uh, the ground but I think we've known that this has been his target ever since the King George he arrived here fresh he's got a fantastic record fresh Paul Nichols is very bullish about him he's been having a fantastic season this year Paul and I think he's got a really good team heading to Cheltenham I think he will definitely have the chance of having a few winners across the week and um, for me I do think the brave man's game eight to one is a crazy price. I think there should be they should be much more close than the betting Gallopin and brave man's. I think brave man's game on form probably should be around about four to one nine to two kind of chance. Don't understand why it's such a big price. Probably because of the British bias uh, or uh, the the fact that the British horses aren't necessarily as good as the Irish horses. But I think uh, I think this is a, a, a deeper race than what people are giving it credit for. And for me, brave man's game he would be at the head of my shortlist. For this and I think he does represent some good value at eight to one. So yeah, I'm in full agreement there, Katie. Brave man's game is in the Gold Cup. So that rounds off then our podcast this week. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully we found you some winners on the podcast this week. Remember to follow us on the social platforms. We're available on Twitter and Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. Also as well, don't forget to subscribe to all our podcast platforms. We're available on the likes of Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. (laughs) 